Claude. All right. Welcome to the newest edition of the Sunny and G podcast. Live from G's house. Straight up. Back again. Uh, finally, kind of back to a more regular uh, schedule, regular programming here. I know. A little, uh, a little got delayed there with some sports and, you know, life in yeah. general. And kind of a weird time, too, because <laughs> playoffs are here, but it's playoffs for realistically NBA and NHL in the last series, too. Not I know. It's awesome. There's a shitload of stuff going on, but there is definitely... The most, I guess, going on because you are at the championships now for both the leagues. Up. Even though I watch some baseball after basketball is done, pretty much, and the hockey as well, there's not going to be much else. But then now it's time to enjoy summer. So yeah, straight up. Now it's time to actually get ourselves out there and not even care <laughs> about putting some TV basketball on. Ourselves, yeah, you know? actually, <laughs> actually go play some ball. So let's start off with the the main event right now with the uh, Heat Nuggets actually leading off. One one. Did you did you think it was gonna be anything? Do you think it was gonna be two nothing for any team or any? Uh, I was thinking it might be two zero for Nuggets though. Hundred percent. But I had, then I was thinking about it after the more I thought about it. I'm like, you gotta respect the Heat. Every time on paper they haven't been the favorites yeah. in any single matchup they've been in all series. Yeah, or all playoffs. No, it's hundred percent true. They haven't been a favorite in many of the games. They're always an underdog, even betting wise. I think the only ones that they had where they weren't the underdog were a couple of the Miami games because it was a home game for some teams mm. and because they proved that they can win on home court. Yeah. But uh, obviously, kind of with this one, I was not expecting this just because Miami hasn't beaten Denver in, I think, ever. Like seven years. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah. And Denver <laughs> hasn't lost a home game all season. Or, or no, not all season, but like all playoffs. playoffs yep. And just that kind of coming to the elevation change, you're going from six meters above sea level, six feet to like over 5,000 uh, feet That's above crazy. sea level. So I was kind of, I was kind of expecting the fatigue, but I think uh, just, yeah, man, they've been persevering like crazy. Well, Miami is a really good um, like condition team. Yeah. Like Miami, even Pat Riley, that was one of his things, right? Guys had to be in a certain amount of body fat. Yeah. No, all these guys are in shape no matter what. So, I mean, if, if there's any team that's able to play in Denver conditions, it would have been the Miami Heat. Yep. And they're the first team to actually beat them all year, like you said, in the playoffs anyways. Yep. And even on top of that, I think Denver's the best playoff, I mean, sort of the home team in the entire regular season as well. So, not only it's been something that's been happening for quite some time now, right? Yeah, and I think the Nuggets just kind of blundered that fourth quarter there. There was just like Michael Porter doing all his kind of stuff. And that can happen at any moment. Like a player could fall through and defensively. They were just mm. letting guys push, push, push. You got all these undrafted guys on Miami. They're just making crazy-ass plays, bailing guys out. They don't need a guy scoring 40-plus when you got like three guys being able to score 20 each. That's like enough. Enough right there to kind of get your team going, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, look at the Nuggets, right? They had Jokic scored 40 of the points, and then the rest of the, I think, how many points did they get around? Like, I think it was another 10, I think they had about another 60 points. About 40% yeah. of the points came with Jokic alone. Yeah, and that's and not a good sign. Not a good sign. Then a lot of, like, even on top of that, I think what was worse was that he only had three assists. Yeah. When he only had three assists, because he's not a guy who's, like, he can score because he always makes the right play. If the yeah. defense gives them a chance to score, they're going to score. But if you're Miami, you're now making the other guys irrelevant because Jokic isn't getting those guys easy buckets. Yeah. And, you know, Gordon, game one, I think the first few minutes, he had four buckets. He just posted up guys. Yeah, exactly. Right? And Miami made some adjustments, and now all of a sudden, Jokic, they turned him into a scorer. Yeah. And all season, 
you know, even including the playoffs, they were 0-4 when Jokic scored 40-plus uh, throughout the season, 0-3 in the playoffs alone. Yeah. So Nobody building him out. And I think the, or sorry, the other way around, because then we yeah, went through the regular one, season. Yeah, and, yeah, oh, yeah. So on top of that now, it's just getting to the point where it seems like Miami has sort of figured out what the uh, what the Nuggets are good at, and they're taking away with the zone defense, especially like you mentioned in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We're just shutting down other guys right now too that were going off in the first game. Yep, 100%. They definitely played it smart there by letting Jokic shoot. But again, all the games we've seen them win, he's averaging a triple-double. So mm-hmm. if he's not getting close to a triple-double yeah. every game, it's most likely a loss because he didn't get the other guys uh, into it enough or when he did make those passes, they didn't put a basket. So that you know tick isn't going up. Those assists aren't going up. And until we see like 8 to 10 a game, that's when you know they had a good game because he got the ball around and those guys made the shots because you don't get an assist without the other guy scoring, right? Like, you have to rely on the, the other guys to make their he shots. He makes it too. so much easier for them so to much score, easier. too, right, with these passes that he makes. And he was still, like, you know, he tried to make the passes. And on top of that, there was a lot of guys that missed some open shots, too. Like, Mike, you know, talking about Porter right now, he missed a bunch. He did. Murray was the no-show after, you know, after the first game. And he's been pretty consistent all year yeah. himself. I mean, that's probably the first bad game he's had. Since I think sometime in the Phoenix Sun series. Yeah. Right. And for him, a bad game is like still around the 20 point mark. <laughs> so at least he's getting like something done. He has a bad day on shooting, but still gets near 20 points. But that means like how you just named Michael Porter, a guy like him has to step up. And I think, remember he got hit in the, that base shot? The elbow. I think after he got hit with that, he was just playing a little safer. Mm. He looks like he might be one of the next guys that are going to be on the list to be wearing one of those face masks for some contusion or something that happened to the face because he he just didn't seem like he wanted to kind of push the pace again into the paint. He kind of uh, backed off after that hit was done. And people saw the review, and I know a lot of people are yelling, oh, my God, it's just a light tap. Like, it's a bullshit hit. But, man, go play against a guy that weighs, like, freaking over 200 pounds and get slapped by him across the face. You're gonna freaking feel something. Bam's a strong dude. Yeah, man. that ain't like anybody. He's the strongest guy out of that series overall. Cause yeah, the size he is, then he's ripped for the height he is, man. He's like, a crazy strong rip. dude, and obviously, like it wasn't a malicious or dirty play. It just happened in the you know course of the game, right? He just went for the ball and he hit him in the face. Yeah, there wasn't. Any, he wasn't trying to hit anybody, no, right? So, that was an unintentional hit. He didn't mean to do it. It just caught him in a weird spot. Speaking of Bam, though, I think he had a phenomenal game, scoring, passing, yep. right, playing defense. Being able, you know, with Miami switching it up by bringing in Kevin Love for some more minutes, right? He played 20-plus minutes himself. He freed up Bam to kind of yeah. be a bit more revolver in certain situations, and he stepped up to the plate. You know, yeah. we were talking earlier about guys not getting 20-plus, right? And Bam's been, I think he had 20-something the first game. I think he scored a little bit less in this game. I don't know the exact I number, he, but it was like... He's the leading scorer. And I think he scored 26 in this one. Did he, uh, I think did he, he score went for Miami one. again? I think so, if you check that one again. But... At the same time, know for, you know, we were talking about how, you know, Jimmy hasn't quite been himself yep. in the first couple of games. He had his moments, but he hasn't quite been himself as well, right? No. These guys are all doing a collective effort to step up against, you know, they're against my, uh, sorry, the Nuggets. Sorry, the Nuggets have Jokic, and yeah, they have a lot of other great players, but after Jokic, any one of the other two, can any of the other players can, you know, say there's a second best player of the series. And right now, Bam has probably been just as good as Jokic if you average yeah. out the two games. But 100%. I mean, just because the series is tied at 1-1, not for the fact that, you know, Jokic has gotten more points and doing all that kind of stuff and his efficiency. But I 
I, it seems like the Heat have slowly started to figure out the Nuggets, yep. right? Yeah. They started to kind of, you know, play it a little bit more zone defense, taking Murray out of the pick and roll, which he was killing teams yep. on right now. Michael Porter Jr. hasn't done sh- jack shit in two games. He played great in nope. defense the first game. Yeah, he did. But he didn't do anything la- last game on the defensive side. All, my, all the open threes that Miami were getting. Yeah. Right, and they made him pay this time because they didn't. They, you know, they went zero and nine. I think Strauss was like zero and nine, and then yeah. Gabe Vincent was like zero and seven or something like that. And then all of a sudden, both those guys had a great second game, so. really good games. And I think now, especially in the finals, because you've watched a team play, so you got more film on them in the postseason of what they're actually doing different, the different types of plays they're trying yeah. to set. Because you don't want to be a stagnant team coming in from the season into the playoffs and play the very similar style. You got to yeah. kind of pick up the pace on everything. I think they've watched enough film now to watch where Jokic is looking for those passes. Like uh, we were talking about uh, uh, Butler going on Murray one-on-one, that whole kind of dynamic of just chasing him around mm-hmm. then making sure that that pass doesn't come in. Because if one thing Jamie can do or Jimmy can do, him me buckets, is get steals. Yeah, He's a high steal guy, like what he did that whole last thing with Boston Celtics. He was yep. a leading steal guy, at least defensively. So I think that's going to be a big part. That one-on-one matchup is going to be huge if they continue that. And that's the thing with Jimmy, too, is that even if he's not scoring, he's still able to impact the game in so many other ways. His defense is phenomenal. He gets steals. He gets active, right? He had a you know a few moments there in the fourth quarter where he, you know, he got the bucket, hit the three when a play that was nothing was happening. Then he comes down and gets like a, a cheap foul, and Nuggets were slowly starting to get a little pissy. Like yeah. throughout the game, you notice the way they're bought, like – Jokic wasn't getting calls. They were getting calls going the other way. They started to lose some focus. And Jimmy just kept on kind of, you know, wasn't always scoring, but he was making the right pass. Yep. Made the right play. When they needed the occasional bucket, he had a little flurry there of his eight points. But, yep. you know, they're like at the start you mentioned, they're getting help from all these different guys. And now the Nuggets turn to get help outside of Jokic. Because Murray had a great first game. Jokic had a phenomenal first game. And they had enough from the other guys to be able to come out and have, you know, beat the Heat at the end. Yep. But last game, other than Jokic, and you know what? That Christian Braun guy came out and had, a, you know, some good moments too yeah. with defense and making some shots. But they need Murray to step up. They definitely need KCP and Porter to step up 100%. big time. Yeah, they're going to need that three points. But uh, what do you think uh, Denver is going to try to do to adjust to what, I guess, Miami adjusted to? Well, I think you might have to play Brown more minutes if you're getting the best defensive matchup too, right? So that makes you a little bit smaller, yeah. unfortunately. But the problem is KCP, not only the KCP's offensive game having some issues, he had two dumb fouls on the guys shooting the threes. Yeah. That's six free throws yeah. that added up to the end of the game that could have made a huge difference. Yeah. They were clean, they were fouls. Yeah. There weren't even plays where you could argue against it. If you were if you weren't a fan of the team and you were going, you know, looking at it objectively, it was a foul at the end of the day. Yeah. And he did he did it twice. And twice. one of them was on a possession where there was no time left on the clock. Remember Struess had it at yeah. the top of the three? Yeah. He was just going to chuck up the three because there was no time left in the yeah. clock. Stupid foul there. Then again at the end of the play later on when the guy's in the corner, yeah. goes underneath them, makes him shoot three more free throws. Yeah. And he isn't doing it on the offensive end. So you got two guys and three guys that didn't really show up. You're not going to beat Miami if only if Jokic is the only scorer, yeah. and that and on top of that, you make him just a scorer. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you can't make him just a pure scorer. He's going to have to do more, and 
if we just got to keep watching his assists, that number, man. If that number goes up, you know that other guys are doing something, that number stays down because he's not a guy that likes to just go out and score like crazy. Yeah, yeah. He actually likes to pass it around and be like, I'm willing to just score 30 points. That's a solid thing for me because he is going to make it to the line a number of times. And he's going to have to make, he does make threes, so his points can get to 30, but we have to see that assist number go up. Or it's, it's the assist that's a big difference for him. And it's Huge. crazy how much, like, how, how, t- how well the team does when he doesn't get those assists yeah. and when he does. And but that's what you know. It seems like the Heat have figured out with uh, the Nuggets right now is you make them a score, you shut down the other guys, and you live it. Like Jokic is gonna make the right play, and that right play is sometimes just scoring. But yeah, if he's scoring and no one else is scoring, Heat are gonna live with it because yeah. no one else is gonna. No one else stepped up last game, and can they step up one more time? So yeah. I think as far as adjustments and things like that go. Some of it's going to be my, I mean, Nuggets just have to play smarter. They do. You know, we can't yeah. give up these dumb free throws. They had more turnovers again than Miami. And Miami plays good defense too. Yeah. So, it may, you know, that was part of the reason. But if you're the Nuggets right now, you got to get your composure back. Yeah. You got to make smart plays. Stop giving them these stupid fouls. I don't think they're like, they don't have to make a ton of adjustments. Yeah. But, you know, what we were saying before, they got to clean up some plays. Stop doing these stupid fouls, right? Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, just... Follow your man. Like the amount of times they would just over panic on certain players because Miami's offense is always constant motion, mm-hmm. right? They're not necessarily going to beat you because the plays are fancy, but yeah. the guys are always moving around to different spots. They're not staying static. And yeah. when you're the uh, defense, you just have to communicate and like cover guys. You know, if you're going to switch, which Nuggets should be able to because they're yeah. a lengthier team, just communicate with guys. Yeah. Right, I mean, some of it's just going back to the fundamentals and doing that. And obviously, Miami's a good team. There's a reason they've beat all these teams that have been favored over them for most yeah. of the playoffs, right? Yeah. So I think if Nuggets can just clean up some of their stupid plays that they made and gain some of that composure that they showed earlier, I think they'll be fine. Yep. Right. So, and I mean, my I, I don't know what like Jimmy hasn't been quite himself since the no, Nick series. So we'll see what happens with him. I mean, Duncan Robinson had like a Look like Tracy McGrady for two minutes, yeah. later, right? Yeah. With he's all the, the threes and everything that he else that he was hitting. So he's the dark horse right now of this series. Well, if and he then, can stay at that kind of a pace and just get them enough buckets, he doesn't have to obviously be the star. Nope. But you're right. Like he, you know, there was a spotlight on him. He was doing enough where everybody kind of st- had to talk about him because he was a problem. <laughs> That's the kind of player he is. He's a microwave scorer, man. Yeah. And he could, like he, you know, he'll shoot all game long and. Even when he's missing, you still have to respect him because that one, all it takes is one shot for those kind of guys. Yeah. They're hot again. Next thing you know, they had two, three threes, which he pretty much did himself, right? He had eight, two threes and a cut on a basket and yeah. scored on top of that. So, I mean, I think they're doing fine the way they're playing right now. I don't think they have to make as many adjustments. I think it's Nuggets that need to start making some yeah. more plays. But uh, there was the also talk about uh, Hero possibly coming back for game three. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think you mess with anything right now, to be honest. I, yeah. I think you keep Hero out because they've done fine without him. And no offense to Hero, but he's, with the rust that he's had, can he shoot the same amount of threes? Otherwise, Jokic is going to eat him alive on yeah, defense. 100%. Right? He's by far probably the Miami's worst defender if he's on the court. Yeah. Other than Robinson. And I think, uh, yeah, that's, I think, probably the best uh, strategy for now. Just sit him on the bench, make him a bench player for now. But if you come into the games where you are, you know, losing and you're kind of losing some momentum, maybe you can bring him in some 
for a little bit of minutes just to see if there's a spark or anything. If not, bang, bang back to the bench, right? Back like, to the bench. How the Lakers did basically with D'Angelo. You know, <laughs> they'd bring him in. He wasn't starting anymore. And if they saw him, you know, like do two turnovers and maybe score two points and miss like five other shots, they're like, you, you know what? You're back at the bench. You're putting Schroeder or somebody else back in there. So I think he's more of just like an extra body of when somebody of his position's tired or they need some minutes, you know, added on or just try something different, some different matchups just yeah. to mess around with Denver. But I don't think he's going to be like a game changer. And he could be, but I'm saying like a higher percentage chance against him of being the game changer right now. Well, game he could blow us away. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just, I think when you've been off for that long, I think it's going to be tough. So mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You see what happens? I mean, right now, the ball's in the Nuggets court right now. They're the one who's on the defensive right now. They got to make some moves. Maybe they switch up somebody in the starting lineup. I don't know. But, you know, this Miami, the Heat have been, Heat are very happy that it's a 1-1 right now. That's all they wanted. And now they have the momentum going into game three. We'll see what uh, counters that, uh, you know, Nuggets can make. They got to, obviously, they, they scored against the zone. But it's been, you know, some. It's been really good at the beginning of the game, and then not so much at the end of the fourth quarter, right? It gets yep. them out of their momentum, which is all it's meant to do. Gets Murray out of his pick and roll action, and I think, you know, if Miami wins Game Three, I don't know if the Nuggets are going to be able to win four with the amount of momentum they have. They need yeah. to win the Game Three because I think Miami's a good adjustment team. Yeah. And- Worst case, like they would have to come back one-one. Best case, you obviously want 2-0, yeah. but you do not want to come back 0 I don't think it's shaping up to be one of those games, especially after the first couple of games where Heat have shown that they're capable of. They are. It, but could go back and forth. It could go back and forth, right? I mean, I think, I, in my my opinion, at the my prediction at the beginning, it's a bit of a cop-out, I'm going to say it right now, <laughs> is I picked Miami or Nuggets in six. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Not, not five, not seven. I picked either team to win in six games. Exactly. I don't know. I, that was going to be, that was my prediction. And I know I'm picking two teams. So, and I think, but it was going to go to game good. six. I would say it was going to yeah. go to game six regardless. It is a good prediction because I think whoever wins game three has a very, very high percentage chance of taking game four also. Yeah. Because you're in the same location. It's not like there's much of a change. You're not going back to Denver, nothing. You're just staying in that same spot. So if somebody can win two of those games, and it could be any one of those two. I think that's going to be the turn of the tide and probably be the winner of this series. Well, Miami is a bit of an older team compared to the Nuggets as well. So the only other thing that we'll see what happens impact-wise is that games three and four are only a one-day rest. So they play Wednesday and then they play Friday again, whereas every other game, the first, well, the first two games have had next two days of rest in yep. between. So yep. I don't know how game three is going to go. But Miami's a bit of an older team, but they're also really well conditioned. We'll see what happens. Game three is, you know, feeds into game four with a one day off. But yep. I'm looking forward to it. I'm it's really happy good. that it's turned into a series. Yeah, a lot up. of people were shit talking that it wasn't going to be exciting, you know, yep. finals and things like that. But if you're a fan of basketball, this is what it's all about at the end of the day, right? You don't need the LeBrons and the Currys and everyone else to make it interesting, yep. right? Basketball is basketball. Need you need like a young... And it's great. Like guys. either way, it's going to be Jimmy Butler leading, you know, the first ever series, like, you know, probably one of the best playoff runs of all time yeah. in any sport, Yeah. not just basketball. And then you've got Jokic on the other side, you know, the next generational player, 
possibly winning his first title. So either way, it's going to be so many storylines coming out so of So many. And I, I can't wait to see what happens in the game three right now. Straight up. And the funny, like another funny stat that I just remembered right now was uh, the Heat have never won, uh, whenever they won a championship, they never won the first game. Mm-hmm. So you got Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade and twice. LeBron. With LeBron. So he did it with Shaq. And he did it with uh, LeBron. So he's had it twice where he hasn't won the first game of the NBA Finals, but it's actually led to... uh, And I think it was actually both NBA Finals for LeBron. They're both game one losses. Yep. So they haven't won a game. You got to attack and how you got to do it. And Miami's doing it, so... We'll see what happens, man. I'm looking forward to winning this game. So we'll have it on while we're playing some baseball, too, so... And leading um, uh, kind of to our <laughs> next discussion is uh, another uh, team that hasn't, uh, you know, been playing for a while. <laughs> They've been out of the playoffs. Yep. But they got uh, some shit still going on there. And uh, the GM for the Warriors the Warriors is yeah. gone. End of an era, I guess, if you want to call it that way, as far as them. At least executive level, for sure. Executive level, and that's yep. what makes it tricky right now. They, got, yep. what, they won four titles with them, right? And then six NBA Finals appearances. Yep. When they were in the playoffs, they essentially made it to... The, when they made the playoffs, they pretty much made it to the semifinals or the finals every year other than when they had injuries. Well, you they know, never lost uh, a Western playoff Conference series in Western the West. Conference. Yeah, I'm Other than Lakers. Uh, this is the first year. First time. So that just right? shows you how dominant and scary of a fucking team that still is. And you are leaving almost still at the... I'd still think the team was like maybe at the end of the prime, but still in a prime. Well, like Curry's they're still, still able to make it. Curry's still Curry. You saw yeah. what he he just can't do it as long and by himself, right? Oh. So year last year they obviously had help from you know Poole and all these other guys and Clay Thompson had a bit of revival. I mean, other than probably Draymond and and Wiggins yeah, was huge. Wiggins was huge, but Wiggins also took two months off in the like in the middle of the season. This, to get his this, right. se- this season he was but back, that, but, that the was, championship but that's season? what I'm saying though. Yeah. He was he played all the games. He was a huge. He was huge. good. Yeah. He was good in yeah. the series, but he wasn't quite what he was. You know, in last year, neither was any of the team. Right. No, so he was the MVP last. They're at a point uh, now where I feel like Golden State's at a crossroads. Right. Yeah. The GM's leaving. Draymond can opt out. Clay can opt out. There's no way in hell Clay's opting out from $43 million for what his knee He's basically on one no, knee when he plays. Neither Golden State plan. Right? So what do you do if you're Golden State? And I was looking at some of the options. Like, do you trade certain guys? Do you extend certain guys? Right? The new CBA comes in. The harsher penalties. You're going to obviously need a new GM. There's new yep. contracts. But yep. the other than, obviously, they have to figure out the Draymond piece of it. And I think the next decision is going to be what happens with pool yeah but if you're the nuggets i'm not the nuggets frick sorry the the warriors if you just waited one year right clay thompson is you know his contract is over next year obviously they'll have to figure out the draymond situation you know kaminga i don't know i assume he might get traded because he's going to be up for another contract and i think a year as well yep right so do you, but at the same time, like this is Golden State, this Curry in his prime, I think you kind of owe it to him not to take a year off to reset your team financially with all the penalties and then come back next year, right? Yep. So, what do you think? Who do you, you think is going to, somebody getting traded? What do you think is going to be the, you know, they got a new GM decision to make, first of all. Yep. Do they go internal? Do they go external? Right? They yeah, were looking at the true. internal options where his son and then Mike Dunleavy Jr., yep. who's been, they both been with the organization for quite some time, or do you, get that external candidate to come in from a different organization with a different set of eyes. I think uh, 
just being Golden State and kind of who they are, I think they're going to look on both sides for sure. They're going to bring in everybody they can in for an interview because you want to have a big pool of candidates, right? You don't want a couple of guys and then that's all you're going to rely on that strategy. You want to hear as many things as possible because they're a stats team. They're a team that looks at everybody and everything that they have to say and try to use it to any advantage as you can. And we've seen what Golden State's put together and like not only is it on a GM to do everything, the scouts matter a lot too. That's a big connection. So at least, you know, you are losing a general manager for Golden State, but you still do have a lot of your core uh, executives and uh, whatever, like your well, corporate team there. If you look at the draft picks, they haven't done so well in the last yeah, year. I mean, true. they haven't. Like, obviously, they hit up Poole, who's a late pick, but yeah. then he didn't have a great season this year, but obviously helped them win a title last year. Kaminga and Kaminga. Lee, they haven't grown to the players that they're supposed yeah. to be as well, right? And other than that, like, they traded Wiseman, too. They picked him in Crowley, right? Player, yeah. Right? I'm not saying that LaMelo Ball would have worked better with him because they had, obviously, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Yeah. But, you know, all these, they could have had, like, obviously, everybody could have had uh, Tyrese Halbert that, that year, right? He ended up going 11th to the Pacers. But could you imagine if they had picked up him that year? So instead of Poole, they got Steph Curry and Tyrese Halliburton right now with all these other guys, right? So I, it's so hard. And if I were the Warriors, it's hard to, like, the amount of, it's harder for them to sign guys too, right? They're no, so financially are. strapped. Yeah. And Clay Thompson, like, for example, do you, do you re-sign him to a longer deal and get him to have, make him less this year? Or do you just say, hey, we got one more year, Clay? Take your money, and then we'll figure it out next year with you, right? Yeah, that's probably the best option right there. I think you hit it. This could be awkward asking him for a pay cut. I mean, oh, even yeah. though at the same time, he does, he does, he's not worth 43 mil. And he, like, asking for the pay cut, I think it's more harder to ask a guy for a pay cut when the guy's, like, outperforming what you were expecting from him. But right. he's not outperforming, and he kind of knows it. He's kind of hit a slump right now. He's got, it's not all his fault. He's got some crazy injuries. It's like right. all that shit adds up. And they won a title with him. Yeah. Like he came yeah. back and he helped them win a title, <laughs> right? It's only a year ago that he was, he was helping them win a title. And a year later, he's got the bum knee, which unfortunately with the injuries that he's had, like you're saying in the last few years with the, you know, the Achilles, the ACL, he's a shell of what he used to be, right? He's never going to be that clay, but... The unfortunate thing with him is he doesn't even get to the line anymore. He's not a free no. throw guy either, right? He's so if he's not bringing it. his three and D, what else can he offer you, right? Yeah. So and then yeah. on top of that, Draymond's potentially be a free agent this year. So he's getting. I think he's like 33, 34 himself. And guys like him, where they don't have that athleticism or that elite, you know, like Curry's body's in phenomenal shape. I wouldn't yeah. say that Draymond's the same kind of shape that Curry's in. Yeah, and so you know how many good years does Draymond have left in him too? Because once he he goes sideways, he's never been a shooter. Yeah, right. At least some of the guys like Steph Curry still able to shoot, so he's got a value when he's on the court. But Draymond, when he's shooting, like when his athleticism, you know, playmaking on all defense goes because he doesn't have it, he's not going to be able to shoot in that lineup either. And that's part of the issues that Golden State had this year was they couldn't get enough shooters around. Yeah, you know, Steph Curry. And that's the other thing they have to figure out is who stays, who goes. If you're on, you know, candidates right now oh, yeah. too, right? So could be their uh, last dance here. Coming could be out. their last dance, legitimate last Legit dance, or last whatever dance. you want to call it in uh, Golden State, right? Yeah, so, like it'd be a different title, I guess, but the similar profile, similar, the last dance. You know, Steve, Steve Kirst on the team there. He was yeah. on the team again, right? So <laughs> he's going through it all over. <laughs> he's like, oh no, not again. <laughs>
Um, so speaking of some other NBA news, the draft's coming up here in a few weeks. I know we've been pretty heavy on the Golden State and the uh, playoff uh, stock here, but I wanted to kind of get your opinion on, obviously, Wemby's going to go to Spurs. I mean, unless unless they got some, you know, dirt on the GM there or something like that, he's going to go uh, first overall. But number two and three, what would you do if you're Charlotte and... Uh, what do you call the Trailblazers? Because right now, Scoot's the best player. A second-best yeah. player consensus, right? Yeah. Scoot and Brandon, Brandon Miller, I think, uh, is yeah. three. But he's had that gun issues with Alabama, right? He gave the gun to yeah. one of his teammates. And he is, you know, off the... His interviews haven't gone as well. But Scoot is the best player. He's obviously... And he's been working out with Steph Curry, who's yeah. from Charlotte, right? So, obviously, there might be some intel exchange right there. But what do you do if you're Charlotte? Do you go for the better fit? which I think would be a mistake, personally. I think you go for the best player, and then you figure it out later. Because who's to say that um, uh, LaMelo isn't better than Scoot? That's true. Right? Whatever, if Scoot's the better player, then maybe you trade LaMelo for some help on the wing, and you have your starting point guard in Scoot. Yeah, that's true. If they're like, That's probably their biggest decision. If you already have a point guard that's doing so well, are you going to throw in another point guard? Yep. Or do you now just go in and get how you said Brandon is one of those top three pr- prospects? Yeah. At least you got a shooter now out of it too. Mm-hmm. So like, do you want the same as that what you already have? Or do you want to help that guy that you already have to get more spacing by having a shooter involved? I th- and I think Scoop can become a better shooter. He could, for sure. He isn't, but I... Th- you know what? Everybody's seen how Gusharlet has drafted the past. Ever since Michael Jordan's taken over that team, they've been one of the worst teams yep. in the league, right? Yep. They don't draft well. And, you know, the obvious thing would be take the best player, right? Take the best player and you figure it out later because you can always look what happened with um, Sacramento, right? Tyrese Halliburton was the best player. And I can't believe I'm using Sacramento Kings as a good example. But in this case, they picked the best player, which is Tyrese Halliburton. In the end, they ended up trading him because Darren Fox was just as good of a player, if not better, right? Anyways, but they chose the best player and they got DeMontis Sabonis out of it. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. If you're Charlotte, take the best fucking player. Because no matter what, I think you're going to run into issues where you, you know, the guy's a better fit, but if he's not a better player, yeah. like Scoot could potentially be a franchise change. And not saying Brandon Miller can't. Yeah. But so far from what we've read, the people that we've talked to, they're going to be, there's a bit of a gap between one and obviously one and two and yeah. then two and three. After three, it goes sideways because you don't know who's going to necessarily be the next draft picks. There's the Twins. There's a few other. The Thompson Twins are in there too, right? They got Grady Dick and some other players. But if you're, I think two and three is going to be huge because then you also go into, let's say Charlotte takes Brandon Miller, right? Number two overall. You got Bellow and... What do you do if you're in Portland now? They got a point guard already in uh, Damian Lillard, yeah. right? And now you're going to go, and they, they already had Amphrey Simons. He's like 6'3". Yeah. Dame's like 6'3". Scoot's like 6'2 himself. Straight up. You can't play all three of these guys at the same time. That's why I think, uh, I'm thinking that Charlotte, if they end up taking Scoot, I think Brandon Miller goes Blazers because of his size too. Like he's a big be a boy, fit, but he's way. not a better player. Yeah, that's, that's the, the issue. Thing. Yeah, that's the issue. That's right? the other thing. Because if you already, you already kind of hit it on the nose right there with Damian Lillard's already you're running your point guard. Yeah, he's wanting a championship now. He's not just sticking around. Hey, let's just do a full on rebuild. So around him now, you don't want to bring in somebody the same position, but you need to add on to that same uh, line of who else can you add and somebody big. Because yeah. Portland, like 
they they're just so used to having these tiny guys that fly around and then that one center that like you know when they had McCollum and all these guys, but you need guys that are also big too. And Nurkic hasn't been the same since no, his rather since he yeah, up his leg a few yeah. years ago, right? So they you know they drafted a couple of good guys, but do you think Lillard's best chance to win his uh, title is in Portland? It's yeah. such a fucked up situation, right? Because it seems like everyone on the outside that was like, they're going to trade Dame. Yeah. But Dame's never gone out and like said, never. hey, I want to be traded. Never. Right? He's, you know, maybe he's been, sometimes he hasn't said outright that he's wanted to stay there. But in, for the, but more often than not, when he's been asked the same question, he usually says he wants to stay there long term. And he's usually against it because in, in his recent rap song, because he just got rap. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. In the recent song, he talks about how, you know, they keep telling me to go to the Lakers. Yeah. Like he literally <laughs> has to say, they're telling me to go to the Lakers but why would I do like kind of whatever lines he says but he's kind of trying to just state that why would I just go to a team that's going to win when I've been trying to rock it for the city but it's like how long can you do that if you're only looking for a championship like if your goal is just to be like hey I want to rep this city Giannis style like all these guys that have stayed with their cities and just yeah. try to ride it out yeah how long can you do that if management isn't trying to find you guys like how Giannis did have a team built around him it's not like it's just Giannis running that fucking team. There's some good-ass guys playing with it. Well, the <laughs> the other problem that I, I was looking at the other day is that where do you trade Damian Lillard to yeah. that doesn't already have a point guard as well, right? Like, teams all, they're not, you know, Houston Rockets aren't going to just trade for Damian Lillard, right? No. But there's teams out there that need a point guard, but do they need a point guard who's going to be making as much money? Do you know how much money Damian Lillard is going to be making the next few years? I'll, I'll He's making right more than Harden, right? Oh, he's making a lot of money, man. I'll show you here in a second. I was looking. I think he's making 40. I think he jumps to like 60-something million in the last year of his contract. So he's making 40. His, uh, his new extension just kicked in right now. So here's, here's what he's going to be making in the next few years right now. He's making 45 million this year. And then he's making another 48 million next year. Right? Yeah. Year after that. 35-year-old Dame is making $58 million, And a 36-year-old Dame is making $63 fucking million dollars here. That's it. And a 36-year-old making $63 million. And no offense to Dame, as great of a player as he is, he's going to be able to score, but he gives up so many points to the so other end, points. too, that you can't just pair him with another no. guard because we've seen that what happens. No. They never made it far in the playoffs with the CJ McCollum. No. Right? And even if all the teams that have generally gone far, if you're undersized, you have to be able to play defense. You have least, to. Right? You have You can't to. just have multiple undersized guys not playing defense and expect this team to win. And then, all, you know, without the defensive length that the modern NBA needs, right? Yeah. They need shooters and you need length on the both you sides to be able to do it. No, you're so, exactly right on that because... Another stat for all these point short point guards is they get the steals, but defensively, that could not mean much. So you got one to two steals in that game. Defensively, like, okay, you stole the ball twice, but what did you do the entire rest of those 48 minutes? And how often played? did you gamble to yeah. get those steals? Yes, yeah, 100%. He's kind of got that point guard, point guard style right now. That Chris Paul, he'll get you the points, but defensively, he's just not big enough to, like, do much. Like, he's not going to get blocks. That's no. going to be rare if he does. It's probably somebody similar size to him and he caught him off guard, but he's not a guy that's going to be out there getting all these blocks. So it's... He, they're in a tough spot. They are in a tough right? spot. Right? Because if he wants to win a title, it's not going to happen in, in Portland because these guys that they're drafting, as good as the players they might turn <laughs> out to be, they're still a few years away from becoming those kind of players, right? Yeah. 
and Lillard's not getting any younger. And so basically by the time Lillard is now getting the end of his contract, these guys are becoming better. But yeah. Lillard's not the same player that he you know, will be this year, last year. No. He was an All-NBA. I don't I don't know if he got all... I think he got All-NBA by the end of it. But he was, he, was, he was on pace to do it. And then I know... Remember he got injured for like a bunch of games. I didn't have that information on there right now. Um, this year they just sat his ass, right? Well, this did it last year too, right? Mm-hmm. To win... Uh, to, to get a higher draft, and it worked out. They ended up getting that they went up to third pick overall, right? Yep. So, at the same time, it kind of like, well, they did end up doing it correctly, but yeah, so he did get named to All NBA at their team. So he did get the All NBA, but where do you trade him? Who do you trade him for? Because at the other end, you also have to be able to retain salary. Like you have to, you're gonna have to send some salary, take some salary yep. back, and with the news restrictions. Not as many teams are going to be available to make the same kind of trades as you would have been able to do in past years, right? Yep. So, some of the options that are, unless you're a team that really wants to somehow go for it this year, it doesn't make, there's not a lot of options for him. I was just looking at like a couple of the top picks and, uh, you know, who they're compared to in the league. So, they have kind of the exact style. Like, they basically yeah. watch all the shots, all the dunks, whatever they do, and analyze it to an NBA player's. So, you obviously, Wemby's got, like, they're saying the tallest uh, Kevin Durant-looking kind of basically style Yeah, he's like cross between Gobert and that guy. And then Brandon Miller is, like, more, you know, well-rounded Rudy Gay around that kind of style of he's, play. He's, like, a 3-4. He's a guy, he's, I think he's, like, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, but then you got Scoot, who's actually, like, the closest he is to a prime Westbrook. Best-case scenario, a D-roll style player. Which is guys that both guys, as we know, play their fucking hearts out. But playing your heart out doesn't win you much sometimes. It could blow your fucking body apart. Well, and that's the thing with Scoot, though, is that if he can develop a shot because he's got the work ethic to yeah. do so, if he develops enough of a three-point shot to complement the rest of the game, he's going to be a phenomenal player. Yeah. The thing with Brandon Miller is that as great of as a player he might turn out to be, he doesn't have the same upside that Scoot has. No. Right, he he, and he's not even a safer pick because he's on off the court issues, right, as well. So, but he is like six nine. He's a perfect kind of you know he can be a three four. He's made for the modern NBA. He's got length. He can uh-huh. shoot. He can do all these things. But is is he the better fit or the better player? And if I'm and if I'm the Hornets and we've seen what they've done the last ever since Michael Jordan has come in, you know, been the owner of the team. They're going to make the worst pick. So if you're yeah. putting yourself in Michael Jordan's shoes, who's the worst player out of those two? I would say it's Miller, Miller. or Scoot, even yeah. though Scoot, yeah, yeah. Miller's... They're probably going to pick Miller for that reason because it's not the smart decision. Yeah. And then you go into, like, let's say, you know, Blazers now come to it. Do you Now you know you kind of have to take Scoot. And I think if they take Scoot, I, like, this is my, like, best guess right now is if they take, end up getting Scoot, Dame gets traded. Because there's no way you can have both guys. You got this crazy you rookie Simons coming up. Too. You, you paid Simons yeah. last year on extension. So too, now it's right? like, man, like that's the only guy you dump. And then you got to think of which team's willing to take on that value. Well, that's the problem <laughs> is that there's you not only have to trade. Like you signed uh, Simons. His deal kicks in this year. So he's going to be making $24 million this year himself, right? So he's making yeah. $24 million. You're paying Dame all the money. You got Scoot as or possibly Brandon Miller as your pick, right? But... Even if you don't land Scoot and you end up landing Brandon, that's another young guy who's like 19 years old. Yep. Dame doesn't have years left on his career where he's going to be able to, you know, wait around. And if, but if he wants to do that, that that's 
like he's going to be stuck in this situation by the time he hey he's uh you know lost his skills your team's going to be good and then you can't really trade him at that point to get any value for him right yeah. so or do you trade him now right you're like and free simon is going to be 24 yeah. pretty soon here or you know i think in a few days himself yeah scoot's like 19 20 or brandon miller is going to be young Right? Do you just go all in on rebuild and say, hey, we're going to trade Lillard. Hell yeah. We're going to try to give rid of veterans and we're going to regroup. And this because we can't win it the, the title the way we're doing right now. No. Right? So they've tried. So nothing right. about basketball. We, I know uh, there's some other sports going on right now. We're done with right? the NBA. Bro, like Vince Carter. It's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. It's over. We're done with that. We'll move on to just, I guess we'll touch on the NFL. We got freaking mandatory camp. Guys are showing up. Yeah. There's also a lot of guys that aren't showing up for either contract reasons or personal reasons on Mm -hmm. some guys. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, definitely the Cleveland Browns got a couple of players uh, that didn't show up to mini camp, (laughs) mandatory camp, but a couple of guys that didn't because there's been just strings of robberies going on in that Cleveland area. and. You know, these guys are obviously being targeted because you know who your athletes are in yeah, town, right? Yeah, and those yeah. are the best targets because they have chains on and whatnot, and they're partying. Like, this happened, one of them uh, happened Monday at 3.30 a.m. So, you know... Well, I mean, they're off-season, so... Yeah, they're off-season. They don't have the same 9 to 5 we do. Exactly, and now that mandatory camp's here, it's just crazy to kind of see the guys that are there, the guys that are, you know, kind of waiting for their contracts to sign in, and some guys that are coming in without a contract sign that are willing to, like, put in the fucking work yeah. to show, hey, we're still here... We want to be here. Let's get that contract, like, you know, negotiated. Well, then that's, you know, that's the way that like you said before. There's got to be guys who aren't showing up because they've got some personal issues. Maybe yeah. some guys in the, <laughs> you know, the Browns there with the string of robberies and other unfortunate things that have happened to those athletes. But then you've got guys like Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams, two very important players to their team's uh, pers- uh, perspective you know, Super Bowl chances. Yep. You know, if you hadn't heard, Aaron Rodgers now a QB for the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Brown, you know, the 49ers could probably find, like, some guy working at Walmart off the street and turn him into a quarterback that gets him to the semifinals. Starting so, quarterback, almost. You know, so no no, no disrespect to Brock Bird and Purdy or anybody like that, but they always seem to make it work. But, you know, at the end of the these guys deserve to get paid. They put in the work. Hopefully they do get paid. You know, and then there's other guys that are going to be having their contract situations that'll be coming up as well. I know some of them, you know, most of the, the all the fifth player options have been already answered. I'm kind of uh, hoping, you know, that Nick Bosa one makes me happy just because he's in my division. Yeah. So I like some animosity and, you know, my, like, outcome out of this that yeah. I want is him gone to a totally different division. But that's so in hell that's out. Did yeah. he win defensive player of the year last yeah, year? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He's the scariest guy to play because... Not only is he, yeah, one of the best That's defensive right, players man. we've seen, the guy can fucking injure somebody in a heartbeat with the way he tackles some guys, man. He's a hard, he's a tough player, man. Your brother is, right? So, yeah. so this, I mean, <laughs> from a personal level, I totally get it, right? Like, you, you don't want Nick Bosa in your fucking no, division. But get paid somewhere else, the... brother. <laughs> you deserve to get paid a lot I, of I money. Think, I think you could see Seattle fans chipping in to pay a salary. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come over here, man. We'll start paying a tax that just goes to this guy's salary. <laughs> so, and, you know, for the most part, it's kind of, you know, we'll see what happens with the mandatory mini camp. But other than that mandatory mini camp coming up, it's going to be pretty much quiet. Same quiet. for the NFL. So. Very nice and quiet offseason right now. Usually in the offseason, you have, like, some horrendous stories. I think like it's coming up, though. It's, Wait, it's the worst time of the year is between after mandatory mini camp because now it's, like, summer. Yeah. Like, they don't, until training camp, which is usually... Start of August for most teams, end of July. 
So they've got about, what, like a six weeks in there True. where they have it's summer weather. You know, a lot of the players, they go back to their hometowns too, right? And they've got friends and other things and other situations right there as well. Yeah. Not just NFLs in all sports across, you know, especially, but NFL with the way their offseason is structured, there are a lot of these guys are, they've had free time. They're going to go back for a little bit. You've got July, you know, fourth weekend. Everyone always makes the, Sorry, what's the, was it? Who's the guy? JP? Remember uh, when he burnt his or uh, on his fingers, right? Yeah. They always make the fireworks <laughs> warnings every year and shit like that. So it's that time uh, of the year where it's getting quiet, but you know, it's still some NFL news trickling in. We'll see who guys get signed to extensions and then, well, yeah, we'll kind of go from there. But it seems like, you know, we're talking about the main event. We started off with Nuggets and he, yeah. but the other co-main event, yeah. Yeah. You know, the co-main event for today was uh, PGA and fucking Liv. Yeah. What is this WCW and WWE oh, coming together man. again? That was just a shock. I don't think I say, like, we're, we don't even play on the PGA. Yeah. That's a shock to those players. So I our mean, shock is nothing compared to what those guys are going through at this man, point. Man, I would be choked yeah. if I was some of those players right now. I think the odds of them joining was like a million to one. So they're like everybody that cashed in on that bet. Oh, yeah, has one is a crazy amount of money as a, mer a PGA uh, live merger, man. A million to one. Well, at least those guys. Imagine just putting in one dollar bet that you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it there. And if fucking in ten years people were expecting them to maybe join forces, these guys within a year of them played yeah. one full season, six fucking tournaments last year to now a couple this year. Hypocrites, man. That's all Super I'm gonna hypocrite. say. I'm not. I'm you know getting out of the whole was that a right decision or the wrong decision long term. Yeah. But the PGA is a bunch of fucking hypocrites because yeah. the amount of money that they cost their players, everyone in that league, right? I'd be pissed. Like, first of all, they, you know, where we're talking about, like Matsuyama, for, um, I think 400, 400 million, million, right? $400 million for, because Heineke, he's kind of like a Tiger Woods esque player. Like, he Tiger could Woods take off. That too. Tiger it's Woods is a like, in the PGA, there's so much talent, right? But if he had gone to live, like, he could have been a dominant force and live. That's why they offered him $400 because they're like, not only are you going to come in as a PGA player, you're bringing all of Japan behind you. Yeah, they have a lead. You know how much of a market Japan itself would be to the Emirates and, like, the Saudi fund? Like, that's just going to be money. And he rejected that offer. And that was, like, a life-changing offer. Like, Brooks Koepka, all these guys said that that money wasn't just for them. They're like, we're making enough money. That's money for our kids, 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 kids. Well, like, generations to come. Well, imagine guys like, you know, 400 million for him, but Ricky Fowler had a chance for yeah. 75 million. He was never, or will never make that with no. anything he does on a PGA level. He, he would only be able to maybe make that from now till the moment he retires, which would have to be a minimum of like 25 years from where he is mm -hmm. right now to 20 years. He would have maybe totaled that, and not not from golf, obviously. It'd have to be a lot of sponsorship yeah, deals. It was like four years, like $75, $80 million. Yeah. They had some incentives and things like that in there as well, depending on how well he did, et cetera. But I'd be, I'm, not only the, or you like, it was shocking, but I know from like the liver, like we fucking told you, you guys should have done it the whole time. And then from the PGA side, there was guys who found out about it from fucking Twitter. Yep. Like actual players who were against it. And I know like, you know, the, the Saudi Arabian, they've had their atrocities and all the other issues that they've had. But at the end of the day, we know that money talks in sports. Right, money it always talks, no matter what happens, right? People buy Nike shoes. People buy, you know, people watching the air movie on Prime, 
right? Although they went to theaters, no yeah. matter what happens, money talks at the end of the day. Hundred and in this play, I think the PGA fucked over their own players. Hundred percent, you're right on that. And I think just going back to your last point of. Uh, you know, the Saudi uh, fund and the Saudi government's, you know, done all these atrocities yeah. in the world. Those are atrocities that are just known to us, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, like, it's not like the U.S. isn't the number one atrocity country in the world. Yeah, they've been waging wars, secret wars, wars in your face. You know, you're bringing up, like, look at companies like Apple. Like, they're making their phones, cobalt mining, all these kind of bad things that these companies that are from the U.S. that are also doing worldwide. Yeah. Yet you're condemning just one nation out there, but now you guys are sleeping together. You brought in, they're bringing in the main guy from uh, Live Golf now, yeah. not uh, uh, Greg Norman, but yeah. the actual guy that from Saudi Arabia that runs like the, the, the whole Live connection. Yeah, 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 He's yeah. now going to be a board he member. He didn't even know about it. Norman didn't even know about it. Yeah, no, he didn't. But the top guy that's coming in now, and he's going to be on the board of the PGA. Yeah. And they're going to put in uh, uh, an amount of money that's not going to be disclosed to get into the PGA. Yeah. And but PGA will still have uh, majority ownership. Well, so now they're going to have a part ownership because they are. It's not only Live and PGA actually joining the European Tour, the DP which, World which Tour. That part I get. But the thing that pisses me off if I was a PGA member would be. These motherfuckers are now going to get rich. Mm -hmm. Where they cost us the opportunity to do the same fucking thing. Because yeah. if we had left the PGA, the value of that would have gone down and we would have gained. Now, again, PGA is going to make the money. And yes, you know what? PGA players are going to get paid more. Yeah. But do you think some guys are getting $400 fucking million? I doubt they're going to pay him $400 million. Nope. Even no matter nope. how long that contract is. Nope. And I think this is actually going to be... I think, like... This is probably the best deal that Liv could have ever gotten. Hundred. Because now yeah. you're gonna be riding on the back of PGA for TV rights, for shows, whatever is gonna be done. Now even paying all the payments that are gonna be done to players and stuff. They don't have to do all these big funds just for like a Dustin Johnson or these guys winning. Now it's gonna get spread out. So they're still gonna have to pay those massive contracts to these players. Yeah. But those contracts, like they're gonna run out eventually. Too. Well, and on top of that, it'll kind of be like. It's golf, and then you've got your different organizations, and they're going to have their own leagues and everything. And then on top of that, there'll be, like, the majors and other... Just like how uh, Europe you know, does, you know, soccer leagues, which is awesome. It's yeah. fucking dope. Like the you Champions don't have... League and stuff? Yeah, like, you got Champions League, you got Worlds, right? Like, you can... You're, as a player, you're not just stuck in one league. You're actually, oh, hey, I'm going to go play for Manchester. Hey, I'm going to go play for Brazil, my country. Hey, I'm going to go play get transferred or you can get basically loaned out to other teams yeah, too yeah and you can get loaned out to another team and like juventus playing out in a different in pga going to live for like a tournament or something so like, like now that, think right? of pga guys are going to be able to now go into live uh events so you're going to be able to go into different events and like think of it for a pga guy though now yeah they're going to be pissed but now if you're good enough you'll be able to get into also live events it's gonna so be the team events and stuff like that not only have to do the PGA bullshit. I think the up-and-coming guys are going to benefit yeah. a lot yeah. from this because yeah. they were never subject to the potential money that they would have been given from Liv. But if your guys... I mean, for example, Tiger, $800 million, I think for a guy like Tiger, it's not as much to him. But $800 million is still $800 million, yeah. right? <laughs> so no matter how much Tiger makes, $800 million is $800 million, right? Yeah. So $400 million for Matsuyama, $75 million for... Ricky Fowler, and there was a couple other guys at two, 200 million, a few guys at 100 million, right? So those guys are the ones who get screwed over, even though they made a lot of money already yeah. in their careers. They got scored a, a screwed out of those big payouts. The guys coming into the PGA now, they're going to have the opportunities to be able to play at these different yeah. tournaments and build 
their income more, more. to begin yeah. than where these guys were at. So for yeah. them, I think it's a great for overall for golf. It's great. Great to me, it's just the PGA just bent over so quickly to Saudi Arabia, and we're like, okay, let's make a deal, guys. Without like you know, without and talking to their own fucking members, right? And Not, talking uh, to the media, like talk to your players. That's players, why we did it like talk that to the media, kind of let out the thoughts that hey, we've changed our mind, blah blah. Not just hey, one time. I bet Saudi Arabia. They, I bet the fund came in and they're like, yo, we'll give you guys like this much money. Look at we were about to give Tiger Woods basically what he made his whole PGA career, yeah, plus endorsements. From his start to now, yeah. he made over a billion dollars. Damn. But they're about to give him $800 million in just a one-time, like, him joining the leagues. But his whole PGA career, he's made over a billion, so they almost hit the billion mark just by a one-time deal. <laughs> so, we'll see. I mean, it'll be fun. It'll, it'll be fun it's to be watch. Interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how this fully plays out with the tournaments and who's going to be playing where, right? So, I think the best thing it does is now the World Golf Rankings are going to be fucking finally back to one. Whereas now, like, you know, guys like Brooks and DJ, all these guys fell down so much because they stopped playing DGA. Gonna, they probably have, like, two rankings. One is your league rankings, like, with, you know... Yeah, you'll have... He's ranked number one in live. Yeah. But he's ranked... It's like... Uh, you'll have your worldwide... It's like UFC style, right? Where yeah. you're ranked in your division. Yeah. And then you're ranked for pound pound. Yeah. Oh, the worldwide pound ranking, that's right? overall ranking. So yeah. your worldwide ranking can be, like, you playing in different leagues. You know, if, if they're doing that, I honestly think, like, it gives me WWE versus WCW vibes, right? Like, this could have played out. And you know what? Full Swing was actually there. Yep. So, I'm going to... I haven't watched it yet. I'm slapping. I'm going to start with so that. Good. I'm going to. I'm going to. So, let's, so good, let's move past that point. Yeah. But Full Swing was there. They're like, yes, they caught the players meeting and everything when it all went everything, down. Man. So, that is going to make them so much money for that potential piece of it. So, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Yep. I feel bad for... Some of the, you know, players, and I feel bad, but at the same time, there's opportunities for other ones. So. And I think the only guys that actually knew that this there was a very high chance of this was Tiger and Rory. Because they, they are, weren't consulted. No, no, trust me, they were they consulted. Were. I don't think so. So what actually happened is Tiger and Rory did that players' meeting. They ran that entire players' meeting. There right. was nobody, no other single uh, golfer got to go sit up there and talk. Right. Rory McIlroy ran it with the commissioner. So Commissioner McElroy and Tiger are in talks at all times. What happened is once, uh, remember how against Rory was against it? Yeah. He flipped his tune. And he was like, you know what? I don't mind playing with them. It is what it is. Mm. He practices every day with Brooks Kepka. They sense. are all living in Jupiter, Florida, all hanging out with each other, playing at the same courses. They said now yep. on TV and in when you watch the full swing of how they hang out and like see each other because they're at the same courses playing, like practicing. The moment they found out, and I bet um, Monaghan, uh, the commissioner, was kind of like, hey, there might be a chance. Yeah. They came up with the idea of we're going to start our own league. Damn. The PGA's never, ever, look at how much they're fighting Live. They've never given a player his own yeah, league. Yeah, that makes sense. Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy got to start their own fucking league. And not only that, they have the top brands, top entertainers, top athletes invested in it. Damn. And now that this happens, and just before all this happened, like... Rory guys were 100% like, you know what? We, we don't mind the live golfers. They're talking them at the tournaments. They're the only guys that did it. Whereas everybody else, even the guys that were the commentators, were like so against live. If some guy came on and said something about live, they would be like, hey, why are you talking about that? Like on live TV, that's how against it they still were. Mm. But Tiger and Rory eventually weren't. And the moment they got their own league, they, now watch when the comments come out. They don't give a fuck that this is actually going to happen because they have their own league. 
they're already making separate money on a totally different league plus what they're going to be playing because Rory's like one of the top yeah. players right now the league. I just, we'll see, man. No, I, they I, have to. Those two guys are connected with the league. They're, they're making the highest money. Watch when you watch Full Swing yeah. and you see the power Rory actually has in the league. Every guy in it looks at him as like a LeBron and a Michael Jordan. Is the, Michael Jordan is Tiger Woods. A LeBron is Rory McIlroy. Um, I was going to ask as well with all this shit. Are those lawsuits now done then? So a couple of them got thrown out now. But like uh, Phil Mickelson still going through like lost money and shit like he's that. He's going after the PGA, right? He's going after PGA. Yeah, yeah. Liv is now going to take their names off all that. So he's going to be able to sue them for... I think he might even get just leave it now because he's going to be allowed in the PGA events. Yeah. But he does want to recoup money he lost because then, remember, he didn't show up to, like, a couple majors then. And, like, it just... Yeah, he got fined, like, a shit ton of money yeah. for that, didn't he? Yeah. So, moving on, we got... We have much... What else do we have left to talk about? Tiny bit of F1 here, man. We got hey. uh, Verstappen, obviously... <laughs> Wins again, he wins again, yeah. I, I don't, I don't follow enough of it, but when I do follow it, it's like I swear he wins every fucking. Verstappen time. and his uh, teammate Perez are usually like the top leaders. They never really lose much, mm-hmm. but Lewis Hamilton has finally got himself, you know, on the podium a few times, three or four times, and he got it here in Barcelona. Lali had a chance actually if he had gone oh, yeah. in Barcelona. That was roughly around the same time, right? And uh, yeah, Mercedes got both their guys on the podium, which is a huge because they've been just in the standings getting their asses beat their car something's just wrong with it it's not like a top performer they've had issues this year red bull i don't know what they have under that hood but fuck man it's the secret sauce dude they got something in there that just that's why that's why everyone they were kind of like ferrari back in the day where everyone in the ferrari had all the power because they had the best cars nah man it was mercedes dude seven years in a row but no prior to that but i think like michael schumacher and then mercedes took over even schumacher days it would be like them you know, some other company would come three years, they'd run two years, somebody three, but then Mercedes came in seven years and they should have won their eighth, which yeah. was super controversial. It should have been 100% a Lewis Hamilton win. They would have been eight deep, which was already seven was never done by a single guy. And now you got Verstappen who might, if he stays like this and stays healthy, could be like some new world record setting well, it seems guy. seems like it's like with F1, there's always... You know, a guy who takes over for a period of time. You had Schumacher for a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Then Lewis took over. And then you had, like, you know, there's always some guys who win here and there, but then now it's Verstappen's time. Yeah. Right? So I think he's got, you know, it feels like whenever I watch F1, that there's always a guy, and he's not good for just a year or two. Like, these guys dominate for years, four, five, six years of. Usually three years, Max. I feel like, well, didn't you say Mercedes just had it for like seven yeah, years? Yeah, only right? team to ever do that. That's crazy, though. Nobody. Right? So I, I mean, how long has Verstappen's run been going like on for two now? Two years now. Has he? So he's yeah. got one more good year yeah. than you're like saying at Two years, point. he's been doing decent. But but the t- but the thing is, it's not always sometimes on the driver. Now it's more been about the cars. They've done, like, every year, rules change. Like, you can't do this to a car. They yeah. add a rule. You can change this back to a car. You can put this body part on it. You can't put this body part. Then they have a day where they show off their cars before a season starts and all the players go and look at each other's <laughs> cards and like what the fuck is that why do they got that on the back right so you're just trying to figure out like what can i do well right now everyone's trying to figure out what the fuck red bull's doing because they got yeah, the fastest man. car in the entire red F1, bull, right? and like they have uh their manager yeah he's like this like kind of like a i think he's a german kind of background like he looks like you know like a villain of a movie <laughs> like even when they do f1 uh their uh tv show yeah like they made him kind of a villain because you know he's behind verstappen and verstappen him are the villain team taking over like a king that's been ruling for seven years long and now there's somebody new king wanting to come right 
So it's like a Game of Thrones, basically. Like, who's going to be... in my head. Yeah, like, who's going to be on that podium as first? And then who are the two side pieces of a second and third at every match? Oh, it's summer of uh, F1 right now, right? Is, they're going to be... probably Like you said, basketball is going to be... Basketball hockey is going to be done soon. This is kind of where F1 takes over. Baseball takes golf over. Golf comes in. Golf comes in, right? All the, you know, outdoor kind of sports. Is golf, over uh, the- golf's only got a couple, like a month left in July and then uh, playoffs start in August man. yeah and then September they kind of wrap up their season yeah season's done there's a major coming up though isn't it uh, US got Open? the US Open coming up and then the British Opens in July so this is going to be another, I feel like our next podcast is going to be a bit more to the they got the UFC. RBC Canadian Open coming up in, uh, in Toronto. Toronto. I know. At the end of the month, I was hoping that it would have been uh, around this time. They always but, keep it in Ontario, uh, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they have way more sponsors out there. Right yeah. Now. It's just a bigger metropolitan area. We've gotten well, I know, I, like, so long ago. When I used to work there, their head office and everything is based out of Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that all their... It'd be nice if they brought some tournaments out to Seattle, BC, kind of that area. But yeah. Well, Seattle had that whistling streaks that one year for one of their majors. There, I think it was the one where Dustin Johnson messed up on the par pack. Jo- uh, Jordan oh, Spieth won that one. That's when Spieth was, that was his last 25 win, right? sitting on 25 mil. That, that was his last thing. one, though. That DJ fucked up, and then yeah. he won the following year after that. Get yeah. on, he got his first. So I think that uh, pretty much concludes it for this this week's That's podcast. it. Other than one shout-out I had for people and the viewers is check out for UFC McGregor Forever. What's up? It's What's a documentary on McGregor. Ooh. And it's pretty legit. It shows like the whole, like uh, the first episode, I think it was. Did he produced it? He produced it. Uh, and in the first episode, I think the whole entire episode is him and that Khabib uh, fight. Yeah. Him prepping, him going through it, what happened after. And it's just, it put, like, I've only watched, I think, the first episode. I think there's only episode. been like episodes, you said. Yeah, right? I think I've only watched one or max two. But it's been so good to kind of see, again, another guy that's like, you know, done it. Been from the bottom to the top and now kind of on his fall. And does he got a chance for redemption, or is he too you is know, it, comfy? Uh, is this his lead up to the what do you call it? Like him, basically. Uh, I think who's he? Is it Poirier? Uh, no, it's not Poirier this time. It's uh, the other guy. They're Gaethje? doing huh? It's not Gaethje. No, they're doing the. They're doing this fight. The what is it? The UFC. They're doing the TV show right now. Fight. Uh, what is it? Where he is fighting soon, isn't he? Yeah. Chandler. Chandler. So Chandler, Chandler right? This show and the UFC tough enough, right? And yeah. there he's gonna have his fight. When is his fight supposed to be? Like August? I forget the date, but I think it's set now. I think because the set. Ultimate Fighter story is coming up soon. He's saying he wants to fight like three fights a year, which you Ma- know. Wait, McGregor fight three fights? Yeah, he wants to be three to four. He said he threw that habit. Okay, let's just start off with one, one without fight. getting injured, yeah. and then let's go from there. And they also show that in there too, the leg injury yeah. and how he got through that, because it was an injury that mostly no guys really come back from. We saw what happened to Anderson Silva. Chris Weidman still hasn't even come back from that same injury, a broken like leg man. Like it's it's a massive injury it's usually never good for a guy to try to come back from that because you're yeah. not going to be the same well but he is juicing right now yeah 100 like joe rogan stated he actually spat back at joe rogan for saying that he's like guys have you seen a picture of uh, uh mcgregor right now he's like this guy's definitely on that sauce there's a reason why he's not getting tested right now and there's a period that it, when you are ready to fight that they start your testing. So he's not even, uh, he doesn't have to test right now. Because they haven't announced his fight, right? Yeah, they haven't announced the date, I think. But even like the whole time right now, he never had to test because he was never like, I'm ready to fight. Yeah, if you're not an active fighter, you yeah. don't have to be tested for anything, right? So I think uh, that 
concludes this episode. Yeah. So well, next uh, week's podcast or well, yeah, about next week or so, we'll see who's the might have an NBA champion. Feels like we're gonna have an NHL champion. Yeah, the Stanley yeah. Cup winner. Yeah, that's already two old Vegas. I don't. Uh, we didn't even get to hockey. I think in this particular no, one, right? So just we'll just do a quick blurb on hockey yeah. right now. Yeah. Two old Vegas, motherfuckers. The second t- uh, championship appearance in six years. They might win a Stanley Cup over the Canucks, the Sabers, all these teams who haven't, oh, you know, well, 40, 50 years. Already gonna get transferred, right? Six years and they already got the title, man. Fuck you, Vegas. I'm actually cheering for Florida, but they've been out, and I would never thought I would cheer for a team led by a Kachuk. Yeah. But here I am cheering for the Panthers. A lot of uh, Canucks fans, just for the Lou reason, Bobby Lou, every we comment I've ever seen related to NHL yeah. has always been, hey, Bobby Lou, like, <laughs> we're only cheering for your Panthers right now. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm cheering for Panthers. I hope it goes to game seven, or hopefully Panthers win in six and win the next four. But no. yeah, next time we come up, we'll have some new champions. We'll, we'll have some draft news. UFC, golf. Cheers. Put huh? some things together for you guys. And take care. Enjoy your summer.